0: Ready, set, go! Welcome to the EV Diaries. This is the place where we discuss EVs in small town America. I wanted to start off with a few little housekeeping notes. This is the first episode of my new schedule. My wife was a big help in research for this episode and she's going to help keep me on target. My target is Tuesday and Friday for uh, traditional episodes, somewhere in the 10 to 15 minute range. Uh, Occasionally, we'll get a Saturday drive time or a Sunday sermon whenever I record it and whatever's going on in my life at the time. I hope to continue to produce good content. I have to say, I've been receiving a lot of kind words from you all, so thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for the reviews. The next two weeks after I've just set this schedule, um, I've got a lot going on. We're moving my daughter back to college this week. And next week I will be in Nashville for a couple of days. I still hope I'm able to hit the schedules, but right now that might be up in the air on the Friday episodes, Um, but we'll see how it goes. September, hope everything's back to normal and and we get on a schedule and stay on a schedule. Okay, today I wanted to talk about zero-emission vehicle states. And if you live in a ZEV state, and that's what we're going to refer to it from now on, is ZEV, um, you know it. And I guarantee that you will know details about it that I don't and might not mention but here goes my, my simplified version of ZEV states. All right, we have 12 states that have mandated that manufacturers have to sell a certain number of EVs a year and they have set targets that are increasing as time goes on. Um, starts with California who all of these states have adopted their, their clean air rules. Um, you got California, Connecticut, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington state. You can also throw Washington DC in there because they have mandates, but they're a district. They're not a state technically, but they're involved. Colorado was the latest state to adopt a mandate policy and this was uh, spring of last year and if I read right, Minnesota will be the next state that will have ZEV mandates and they will um, start implementing those changes in the next few years. Now basically, what this sets up is a credit-based system that gives manufacturers a credit based on the type of vehicle they sell and its range. The mandate requires the manufacturer to accumulate credits equal to anywhere from 7 to 22% of the non-electric vehicles sold. So basically, the states have set targets and they are giving a calculated weight to the number of vehicles that are uh, zero emission ZEVs that are um, being sold, and then they want to weigh that against the non-electric vehicles or traditional vehicles that are being sold. So what qualifies as a ZEV? Under these rules, uh, we're talking about battery electric vehicles, BEVs, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, said it right that time, um, which their credit score, which is just funny to say, their credit score is lower than battery electric vehicles, as you would imagine, because they do have tailpipe emissions, although they're reduced. Hydrogen fuel cell cars actually have a higher score than battery electric vehicles. So they take this combination give you a a credit and that's supposed to be X percent of your total overall sales. Less than half your score comes from uh, PHEVs. And this is to encourage more, obviously, EVs and fuel cell vehicles, but I think the ratio is is typically somewhere plug-in hybrids can be um, about 40% of the total total score right now and I'm sure that that might phase out as as it goes on Um, in California like I said this is where it started your big manufacturers are subject to to hit these percentages Um, we're talking BMW Fiat the big three Chrysler GM Ford Honda Hyundai Kia Mercedes Nissan Toyota Volkswagen almost comply to these percentages now the smaller manufacturers, um, such as Jaguar, Land Rover, Mitsubishi, Mazda, Subaru, and Volvo, they have some relaxed standards and they can actually sell a larger percentage of plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, but uh, they still have to meet the percentages that were set forth of their overall sales. So basically if you sell more vehicles you have to sell more evs these mandates vary state to state but generally they're all similar and these states have agreements with all the other states to be able to transfer credits so if you sell more than you need in california you can transfer them to new jersey if new jersey is falling behind in sales so there, there are definitely incentives for the manufacturers to be selling cars in these areas. Well, if they're going to do business, they have to sell cars in these areas. Um, that's my super simplified version. You can get deep in the weeds and get lost in all of this. So let's look at some of the pros and cons of states and the effect it's having in these states. People in these ZEV states have more EV models available to them. And they're guaranteed to be able to go to a car lot and find an electric vehicle. That's a good thing. They're cleaning up their air uh, in these locations because they are reducing their emissions. They are cutting the use and dependence of foreign oil, which is benefiting all of us. and. They are causing a lot of technological advancements to be made by the car manufacturers. So we're getting better batteries, more efficient cars, longer ranges, and all of this is good. Now, cons, in my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, um, the government is forcing businesses to do business how the government sees fit and not how the business fit. And that is good in one way, bad in one way. Um, It's bad because the free market society that we live in, if you're not good at business, um, you're going to fail. And the market usually takes care of itself. However, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of good that has come from mandates. We don't have to worry about lead paint in our children's toys. Um, We got rid of lead gasoline, which some people will tell you caused a decrease in violent crime, or at least they draw a correlation based on a generation of unleaded gas. We have child safety seats uh, that are required in states, in all states. Um, Most states, if not all, have seatbelt laws so, sometimes, you know, government telling you how to do business is good. Sometimes it's not. Um, so, it's, a, it's really a catch-22. Another con to all this, and this is another topic I have uh, beaten to the ground, this is a political football. Because one side says we're going to mandate this, one side says we don't have to mandate this, and they bicker back and forth, and... And then somebody's going to be upset. Nobody's going to be satisfied at the end of the day. Um, It's just way too partisan. Electric vehicles are good for America. They're good for a lot of things. They're good for consumers. They're good for the environment. Um, It's good for manufacturers to make them. It's the future. It doesn't have to be political. But... You know, this is America. Everything's got to be political. Um, Now, there has been, and this is a con, uh, that some people have suggested that this will drive the cost of all cars up because the dealers are going to have unsold EVs sitting on their lot because nobody wants them. Remember that car manufacturers consider a car sold when it comes off the truck onto the lot, not when you take possession of it. The one exception to this is Tesla. When you take possession of a Tesla, they consider that car sold, not before. So what are my thoughts about this? From a small town America perspective, Kentucky is obviously not a ZEV state. So this is an outsider's view. Um, The states that have these mandates are decades ahead of all the other states in both adoption of EVs and the amount of infrastructure that they have. I believe that these states have a more environmentally conscious population, maybe just in sheer number. I'm not saying that, you know, there's not a lot of environmentally concerned people in Kentucky because there are, but just by sheer number, the, the the number of the population that are more aware, it's just more prevalent in these states than it seems to be here. Um, speaking of population, these places have larger populations and bigger urban areas than we do in small-town America. I mean, look at Kentucky. Our biggest cities are Louisville and Lexington and and to a slight degree, you've got the northern Kentucky area with Newport, Covington, Florence, which is really a suburb of Cincinnati, which even at that, Cincinnati is not a huge city. So it's, our, our cities are smaller. And because our cities are smaller, we don't have the air quality problems that you're, Los Angeles and New York, uh, Denver, those areas have. We don't have smog. The worst we got is a horrible springtime allergy season. I mean, we are the exact epicenter of allergies, pollen-based allergies. It's just, it's just horrible. Um, and I've got seasonal hay fever allergies, so this is the worst place in the world to live for that. But that's our version of air quality problems. We don't have to worry about smog, we don't have to worry about ozone. Again, pros and cons of living in a rural area. Just the sure size and the, the sprawl, um, there's shorter commutes in these areas, or I feel like there are, I don't know, I've never never lived in these areas takes you a long time to get to work but that's just because the amount of traffic you're only going 15 miles though um and they they say the average commute in in america is 40 miles and that's round trip my one-way commutes 35 so uh, i feel that there's a lot of opportunity to have smaller range vehicles in these states. And I realize California is huge. I mean, California is like three times the size of Kentucky and it is spread out. In major cities, there's a lot of distance, but there's, there's a lot of intermingling and one city bleeds into another and it's uh, especially in Southern California, which I've only been to California once and that was my observation. I couldn't tell where one place stopped and another place began, it was just all is all together to me anyway are these mandates necessary and from an outsider's point of view i'm not sure uh that they were because these states already had a large number of ev adoption before the mandates ever came in um and the early adoption came fueled out of this environmentally conscious concern and the fact that city car ranges were able to suit those needs um they did and this was a good thing they did get more options out of the mandates because it forced manufacturers to get off their butts and start making evs if they wanted to do business and you know the first approach that the manufacturers took they they were wanting to take internal combustion engines and put uh, put batteries in them so this really has, has helped shaped EVs overall and give a brighter future. Perhaps the mandates accelerated adoption and I'm, I'm just going to assume that it did. Um, but I think the biggest thing that drove the adoption was the, uh, the, just the number of choices that were available. And this also explains why I would have to go to Maryland to buy a Kona EV, or if you live in Arizona, you've got to go to California. Bottom line is, all in all, Americans don't like being told what to do. And it's the same thing at the corporate level. It leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. Um, But sometimes it's good and it's necessary. And you can think about that the next time that you buckle your child in or you click your own seatbelt that's all i've got for today i realized that wasn't too deep because uh you can get really deep in how the credits work and and just how the calculations are made and it's i mean it's there's a deep dive available there but i didn't want to go that deep into this Um, i can't wait for some of the choices like the kona that are available in other states i'd love to see those make it to small town america because they look awesome and uh, there's a lot of awesome evs out there that, that we just can't get unless of course we go the carvana route which like i said many times i was pleased with my experience hit that subscribe button again thank you for listening thank you for the kind words thank you for the reviews and remember the ev revolution is here mandates or not it's a fun ride